Hi, friends. Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that if you like what we talk about here on the Belonging Podcast, I think you'll really love my book. It's called Root and Ritual, Timeless Ways to Connect to Land, Lineage, Community, and the Self. And it is available right now wherever books are sold. It is a beautifully illustrated guide to connecting with the earth, your ancestors, and your communities as you come home to your whole self. Though we live in a radically different looking world, the needs of our bodies and spirits are the same as the ancestors we come from. I divide this book into four parts, land, lineage, community, and self, and I take you on a journey for engaging more deeply with your life. I provide stories from my own life and I share rituals, recipes, and ancestral wisdom, journal prompts to support you on your individual and unique and sacred path. You can get more info and bonuses at rootandritualbook.com and pick it up at your favorite bookstore online or in person. Thanks for all your support. It means the world to me. Welcome to Belonging, a podcast that explores how to come home to yourself in the age of loneliness. I'm Becca Piastrelli, your host and guide on a journey of courageous reconnection as we explore topics like ancestral wisdom, cultivating meaningful sisterhood, living with the seasons and cycles of the earth and your body, and what it means to be a good ancestor. Hello there. Welcome back to Belonging, the podcast. It's Becca Piastrelli here. On the early summer morn in June, really starting to feel the pull of summer's rest in my bones, feeling a little bit, like feeling it's a little more challenging for me to, quote, work longer hours. I'm noticing that in the morning I wake up and the sun is bright and it's warm here right now. And I don't know, my old framework would be, I'm a little lazier, but since I've committed to living my life in flow with the seasons, I actually am realizing that summer is, is calling upon me. There is a quickening or a movement, a transition into this next season here in the Northern Hemisphere. I've been, I have some friends and people I follow down in Australia, and they're really feeling winter coming into their bones and the slowdown of that. And we're approaching the solstice, either winter or summer, depending on where you are on this beautiful planet, and really honoring the stillness that calls everything into. Literally, the sun is still. And there's, there's a moment, there's like a three-day arc around solstice where everything pauses before the hairpin turn either to waning or waxing. And in this case, where I live on Turtle Island in Northern California, coastal Miwok land, we will be heading towards the wintertime. And in Australia, they'll be heading towards the summertime. So all of this is to say... I noticed I'm starting to slow down and I'm noticing I'm starting to feel a little more, I actually don't like the word spacey, but that's the word that's coming to mind of a little more head in the clouds and honoring, honoring that urge, that desire in a way that is our body 
calling us into rest. You know, ancestrally, the summer is a time of pause, letting the crops grow, making sure they're watered and harvesting the fruits, but really making sure they're watered and and really resting until harvest comes in late summer, early fall. And that's the season of really hard work, really hard work, perhaps the hardest work of the whole year. So I find that I really feel the most busy bee. I feel the most uh, in action. I basically work harder in spring and autumn. And so I had a moment uh, two weeks ago where I noticed I was starting to slow down and I was a little hard on myself. And I was like, what is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? I should be at a faster pace. And then I checked myself. I'm ancestral seasonal being. Oh, it's June. It's warm. It's sunny. It's summer. So I really worked to let go of all those sort of programs, societal program, internalized capitalism behaviors of I'm not doing enough because I'm not doing enough. The belief under that is I'm not good enough. And the belief under that is I'm not loved. And I ain't playing that game anymore, at least trying not to. So that feels like a great segue to what I wanted to chat about today on this solo episode with just me, which is really inspired by an Instagram post I made a little bit ago that was P.S., super vulnerable for me to share. I was super scared. I hovered over the publish button for an hour, reread it way too many times, over-edited it, and then hit publish and walked away and got a huge response from it. And the reason I was so nervous to talk about it is because I was talking about money. I was talking about money, my own money. And that has a feeling of taboo in this culture and a fear of judgment or a fear of of being too naked, of being manipulated or taken advantage of. All these feelings came through. But I got to tell you, I so appreciate when folks share the real honest truth, the real behind the scenes, particularly about money, because I think it does a huge disservice to a lot of us, particularly those of us in the like 20s, 30s, 40s bracket who have felt a lot of mystery around how, how do people do this? You know, like you see that person driving that car, that person living in that house, or that, that person on that vacation, and you're just like, how? How does this all work? You know, particularly because white supremacy and capitalism has been built upon a lot of of privilege of certain folks, predominantly white men, and secrecy. So this is what I said. Hi, I run my own business, and it's important to me that you know something about that. I'm nowhere near making the amount of money that I was bringing in five years ago when I was a marketing and community manager at a big tech company, but I can certainly say that I feel more successful than I've ever been. And I go on in that post to talk about what success looks like now to me and the ways in which I was chasing success and 
it's been a wild ride the last five years since I left that world. And I think, okay, so here's, here's the deal. I was making great money at this tech company that got acquired by a bigger tech company. And then I had these golden handcuffs, which basically means the longer you stay at a company, the more they'll like pay you out or give you bonuses or stock for me, it was stock. And so I was obsessed with the stock price of this company and always doing math about how much money I could have. And if I stayed another year, I could have more money. And I was deeply, deeply called to leave that world. And I'm very happy I did. But for the first two years, <laughs> Tim and I would, would weekly check on that stock price. And it basically tripled after I left. And so there was this like joke that was actually kind of cruel and I, I put an end to it, which was like, if I had stayed, we'd have $150,000 or whatever it was, which was awful, an awful thing to do to ourselves. But um, ultimately, I'm realizing I haven't really talked on the podcast about what I was experiencing during that time. I mean, what can I say that's not a super long, drawn-out story the phrasing I've heard is you get to the top of the ladder and you realize it's leaning against the wrong wall. I forget where I heard that. But that's really what was true for me. You know, I, uh, my whole life, I was really living for the approval of like the outside entities. I really liked to please people and I really liked to get approval. And I was living for, you know, the rubric of life the syllabus of life. What do I need to do to get an A? And it was an anxious life and really rooted in a desire to belong, to feel loved and accepted by this world, this, this paradigm so many of us find ourselves frustratingly in, which is success is defined by here, here are these paths. And so I went to business school and got my MBA, although I did a really cool progressive program called a green MBA. And then I graduated from my MBA program in the great crash in 2009 and found myself in a lot of debt and terrified about money and, you know, seeing people like Lehman Brothers employees committing suicide and you know, what was on the media about this crash and the bailouts and all of it, you know, I was 20, how old was I? 23. And I was, I, I just felt so powerless and so scared and really in this mindset of, oh, please, someone just give me a job so I'll be okay. And so I got into marketing and quickly worked my way to a really great position according to the system, did quite well. And I was in a lot of pain in my body. I was deeply depressed. I would just come home from work and shove food in my mouth and watch reality television. I had no desire to even like dress myself properly. Like I'd come to work and people would make fun of how I looked because I was, I was so... I was just clear. I wanted to say I was so schlubby, but it's really, you know, I have every right to dress every way I want. The, the point is um, it was a reflection of how I felt on the inside, which was like, 
I didn't have much self-worth. I was always anxious about what my boss and bosses thought of me. And I was constantly checking email. And then I'd go to happy hours and I'd get really drunk and do it all over again. So when I decided to leave, I jumped. I leapt. And I really didn't have much of a safety net. I, you know what? That's not true. I was married. I am, I am married. And uh, I have a partner who, who supported me. So that is a safety net. I need to be really fair about that privilege. But I certainly didn't have, we didn't have much savings to support me. So we had to really reduce our household budget. And um, I made these promises to Tim. I said, you know, I'm gonna make it in six months and I'm gonna make this much money. I created, I made a business plan. Yes, business plans are made up. This is what I learned in, in business school. And I took finance, like, You ever watch Shark Tank? Everyone's just making up those numbers. (laughs) Like, it's all about when the rubber meets the road and your own confidence and luck. So just want to say that. So I was, I was actually, I was pretty confident, seemingly confident, but on the inside I was, I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And would I recommend doing that? I don't know. I had support financially and emotionally, um, but it was a rough road. It was a rough road. The reason it was rough is because I had a lot of belief systems and patterns and ways of being that were screaming in my body, uh, in my skin, in my anxiety, in my codependency, in my relationship, in my toxic friendships. Like there was work to do. And I I think my higher self knew that, but what I, I didn't give myself much space for that because I quit my job and made this promise to myself and to my husband that I would, I just knew what to do. And I was a blogger at the time known as the Dabalist. I didn't really have a plan. I went into action and I made a course and I made an ebook and I, I worked, I hustled hard. I can do, I have a, I have a lot of doer in me, but ultimately I didn't really know myself. And I had a lot of unlearning to do, unlearning of these ways I thought I had to be in order to be successful. And what does success mean? I had to look at that. And so for the last five years, I'd say for the first three years, it was a struggle and it was more debt and it was mimicking other people I saw online seemingly doing well financially, like six figures overnight with Pinterest or, I mean, I bought all the courses. I did all the stuff for those of you who are not in like the online marketing world, online entrepreneurship world. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of people selling programs that promise you that it'll like catapult your business to success. This is true for brick and mortar. This is true. You know, this is just the thing. Everyone wants the silver bullet. And it was, it was an important, painful time where I was also doing a lot of personal work and I was realizing that my true path and the whole reason I started The Dabalist and what was true for my entire existence in this lifetime was a deeper look at my relationship to the wild, to the earth, to plants, my relationship to my body my relationship to community, to sisterhood. I mean, I had to really take a look at my friendships and who was supporting me. 
and my relationship to my ancestors who were knocking on the door pretty loud at that point and sending me visions in my dreams of women gathering on the fire, gathering on the table and helping give birth and making medicines. And it all makes sense now. And I still have never made even close to the money I used to make. And yet I feel so successful. I feel very, very powerful, compelled deeply by a mission, the mission to return to belonging, the mission to return to ancestral ways, the mission to reconnect to the land, the wild, a mission to repair major harm that our ancestors did and we continue to do consciously or unconsciously. I feel healthier in my body, in my mindset. I feel deeper trust of my intuition. I feel like my marriage is kicking ass. Did a lot of deep work on that. And I've had to do a lot of, of, of the scary things, like being super honest. Hey, Tim, those promises I made, I can't fulfill them. And him and I working through that and us remaking re-upping our agreements and us redefining our agreements with each other because I said I cannot go back to that world. And so how do I support him? How do I support the women I serve? How do I support myself? And how does he do the same for himself? I mean, this has been such a powerful what did I say in the post? The biggest season of learning, of unlearning, in my short existence on this fragile planet. Everything I thought it was so rooted in. This is probably not everything I thought, but I have I had so much uh, defined by productivity and doing. And you know, I see this. I see folks leave the corporate world to to have an online business or to run their own business, maybe it's in person or, or brick and mortar because they want freedom. And I get that. I so get that. But if we don't look at the ways, the ways we are defining what work is or the ways our bodies, our very unique bodies can thrive, then we're going to repeat those patterns. And I understand there are various levels of privilege. And I really, I really do honor that. And some people have to hustle more than others. I also honor that. And we are all in this system of capitalism together. And we all have ancestors who passed down the very real survival instincts that come from working the land in order to survive or having to immigrate because of a famine or having to work in a factory in a new country and work insane hours and not sleep a lot in order to feed their family. And I'm just, I was just noticing how much that came up for me. It still does, to be honest. I watch it just like what I said at the beginning of this episode where I was like, oh, I noticed that uh, summer was sort of settling in my bones and I had a moment of what is wrong with me. And it happens when like, there's a lot of focus on how hard Beyonce works or like, you know, this, this work hard culture. I know this is controversial, but I really, I'm not opposed to hard work, but I am opposed to denying yourself health and well-being. 
mental and physical and emotional and spiritual. So it's been cool in the last year to feel kind of landed. I'm not fixed. I'm nowhere near fixed. What is fixed? But really landed on this place of feeling a new definition of success. And looking at folks online who have a lot of followers or seem to have that dream life and almost energetically feeling like, what aren't you sharing? Because we're all sharing the highlights, right? Even me trying to share more of the lowlights. But truly, what is success for you? So many women have come to me, worked with me back when my membership was called the Dabless Collective and then later the Creative Sisterhood of, of wanting to feel enoughness, wanting to feel enough, but also in this capitalism is really based on constant growth. We always have to be growing. We always have to be making more money. We always have to be ascending, which is just very compelling. I love that. Tim really loves that. And first of all, it's unsustainable. We literally do not have enough resources on the planet to continue at the rate we are going. We only have so many resources in our bodies to go. And also, can growing and evolving be in a place of knowing what's enough? Can we find beauty and success in simply being in our presence, in our stillness, in saying, I can only take three meetings a week, in saying, I only really have enough energy in my body to work four hours a day to say, I need to sit in silence for 30 minutes in the morning with a cup of tea to say, I only check my email for 30 minutes a day and I get through what I get through. I'm thinking about my episode with Stephanie Berg, where we talked a lot about linear time and we talked about putting boundaries around your time in a culture that really thinks and acts as though our primitive human brains can move as quick as technology. And so in this place that I really am landing into of feeling success, there's also a lot of discomfort with feeling different, with feeling different from the status quo. And that's constantly an edge I walk, this place of really having to make sure my boundaries are still in place, the pain of disappointing someone the moment where I say yes, and then I have to be like, I actually meant no. All of it, of not being able to do everything and be with everyone. Oof. And yet, I feel like I'm landing in a place of success. I just want to share a little bit more about what it means to be compelled by a mission in the world, because I know so many of us are like, what's my purpose? I need to know my purpose. And that can be a lot of pressure. And again, with this enoughness, you know, can a purpose be to have a garden and a home and love your children and your grandchildren and knit by the fire? Maybe. I have done a lot of work with the support of coaches and masterminds and my inner really connecting with and hearing my inner knowing, my intuition connecting with spirit, talking it out over and over and over again with amazing friends and loved ones. It's 
it's really beautiful to land on a mission. And it, maybe it's just my mission for now. You know, I think life purpose is very pressureful. But I'm just so clear I'm here for belonging. I'm just so clear that, at least for right now, it's for women and female-identified and non-binary and femme-leaning folks to feel connection to their bodies, to their ancestors, to the land, and to each other. I tell you, that keeps me going. It's like a humming motor. It keeps me alive. It keeps me interested. It keeps me creative. It challenges me. It's the work of my life. It's been the wounds of my life. So you might be wondering, well, how do I get to that? And I have no protocol. I have no formula. I have no journal prompts. I do love what Glennon Doyle says, which is what breaks your heart the most is what your mission is. And in my own personal work, the theme of my pain in my life is a feeling of not belonging. So there is a connection there. I think the greatest thing we can do is create space in our lives to hear those messages. And space can look like a morning meditation, walking in nature. It's definitely involves getting off technology. For some of us, it's quiet stillness. For others of us, it's cultivating deep and meaningful friendships where you can talk about and be reflected back these things. Women's circles are a major place for me to feel that mirroring, to hear myself going on retreats, being in spaces where people are having these conversations and know how to witness you, know how to not give too much advice and really hear you. Because the truth is it's in us. It's in you. Some might call it the medicine, right? What's the medicine of it all? For me, the medicine of it all is belonging right now. And I feel very held by it. I feel very grounded by it. Anxiety still comes up. Doubt still comes up, especially when I'm about to bleed. I literally send voice memos to my friends and say, who am I? What am I doing? Am I any good at this? Should I just burn it all down? And then as the wheel turns, I see myself again and I feel it. I think this, this culture, this system wants us to figure it out quickly, right? When your time is ticking, but I think there's also an element of being patient with yourself. So I really invite you into that. The exploration, the journey, I talk about it in ancestral connection work too. It's a lifetime's worth of work. And I know it would feel really good to just know and name it, but it takes time. I mean, I left my job a little over five years ago and it took a lot of discomfort and trial and error and naming and saying I was one thing and then realizing that wasn't true and then the shame and embarrassment of naming it and then having to change it. And yet the liberation I've given myself by shedding all that identity of being this person it's beautiful to just lay that down like a heavy backpack full of bricks. Just dropped it. Oof. Just dropped it. So I know you can do it. I know you can do it because I did it. And I think this struggle in, in this system of knowing how to give value and be of service while also heal 
trauma and ancestral wounds. I don't mean to laugh in that way. It's more like, wow, yeah, it's hard. And also to reevaluate relationships and your relationship to time and connect with your ancestors and, you know, watch your time with technology and look at your addictions. Yeah, it took some years. It's taking years. So that's my recommendation. My invitation really to you is create some space and give yourself time and patience because life is short, but life is also long. This is the eternal human experience of the linear and the ancestral or the spiralic or the spiritual time spaces coming together. They cross together in a liminal space where we can all of a sudden wake up two years later and say, like I did, oh, I'm not making as much money as I used to, but I feel really successful. Huh, that's cool. That's great. So think about what success means to you now. Like be real with yourself. What do you associate success with? And then challenge yourself. Invite yourself into a space of maybe untangling the threads of what you thought was true or what you were told was true and dig deeper. I mean, you're listening to belonging, so I don't think you're here for like six-figure business advice and like crush it kind of vibes because that's not really my thing. So in your deepest ancestral embodied eternal self, what does success mean? What does powerful mean? What would bring you joy? Let me know. You can always go to belongingpodcast.com and you can leave a comment in the episode comments or best way, hit me up on Instagram at Becca Piastrelli. I'd love to chat more about this because I think it really hits a nerve, really resonates with so many folks. And I think there's shame. I think there's shame around money. I think there's shame around wanting money. I think there's shame around realizing that this identity we may have around productivity or I don't know anything that has to do with these ideals let's let's uh we can bust that shame by bringing what's true into the sunshine so bring that in I want to know thank you for listening I just love you and I'll see you soon bye Thank you so much for listening. I know your time is sacred, and I hope this episode infused some inspiration and meaning into your day. For show notes, links, and references from this episode, you can go to belongingpodcast.com. Also, be sure to subscribe to Belonging on Apple Podcasts, and if you have a moment, leave a review. This helps my little podcast reach more listeners, and I would be ever so grateful.